Welcome back to Kentucky History and Haunts. I'm Jesse Bartholomew, and after a few very serious and depressing series of episodes, I wanted to choose something lighter for you guys today. So I was trying, I was flipping through my books, and I ended up choosing to do an episode on cholera. Guys, I'm sorry. I am who I am. But anyway, this episode really is interesting, and it's about one man in particular, a man named Louis Sansbury. But we'll get to him in a minute. First, I have to give you a little background. So today I'm taking us back to 1832. Not a great year for some parts of Kentucky, thanks to Asiatic cholera. It was really a bummer in the 1800s. There were waves of outbreaks and a whole lot of people died. Uh, President James Polk died from cholera in 1849, and then the very next year, President Zachary Taylor, who grew up in Kentucky, passed away from the same disease. Cholera made its way to Kentucky via the river ports of Louisville and Maysville and spread from there. Louisville formed a board of health only after the first confirmed death caused by cholera in October 1832. And this board would be responsible for keeping track of numbers of cases and deaths. Over 120 people died from cholera in that first month, and that number could even be higher. We're not exactly sure. Um, But in Lexington alone, 500 out of 7,000 residents died during the first wave of cholera alone. So, as you can imagine, people were starting to get uneasy about the quick climb in the number of cases in these port cities. So a lot of them moved further south. They just picked up. They were like, "Uh uh-uh, we don't want any part of this. And they didn't realize it at the time, but they were just taking the bacteria with them when they left. So according to the National Organization for Rare Diseases, cholera is an acute infectious disease caused by the bacterium Vibrio cholerae, which lives and multiplies in the small intestine, but does not destroy or invade the intestinal tissue. The major symptom of cholera is massive watery diarrhea that occurs because of a toxin secreted by the bacteria that stimulates the cells of the small intestine to secrete fluid. I'm sorry, that's so gross. There are several strains of cholera, and the severity of the disease is based on the particular infectious strain. Cholera is not a difficult disease to treat, and most people recover well with appropriate oral fluid replacement. However, if the disease goes untreated, it can rapidly lead to shock as a result of fluid and electrolyte loss and to life-threatening complications. So, when it first appeared in Kentucky, obviously no one knew what we know about it now, and it was a way bigger deal. So, when the rumors of a cholera outbreak started spreading in Maysville, literally 90% of the citizens took off within two weeks. And because of that, the disease spread towards Lexington and down into Springfield. Springfield, Kentucky only had 618 residents at the time, and the first to pass away from cholera was a female slave on June 2nd, 1833, and 13 people died in the first three days that it was known to be transmitting there. Just as they did in other towns, people started running away in hopes of avoiding contracting the disease, but for many, 
it was already too late. One of the people who deserted Springfield was a man named George Sansbury, who owned a hotel there, a hotel which he left his slave, Louis Sansbury, responsible for. Sansbury was only 27 at the time, but George wasn't even the only one to leave him in charge of a business. All these business owners just took off. They were like, we have got to avoid this and get out of here. So a lot of people just handed him the keys and said, you know, take care of our establishments. So Louis Sansbury and a woman named Matilda Sims basically took charge. They fed and cared for cholera victims of all races. And when people succumbed to the disease, together they wrapped the bodies in sheets and buried them in graves that Sansbury dug along the road to Springfield Cemetery. And there, we don't have an explanation for how Sansbury and Sims didn't contract the disease themselves, but they didn't. They managed to avoid it. The town of Springfield lost 80 people during that epidemic, more than a tenth of the town's population. It's unclear whether or not this number included slaves. And it's also unclear why Sansbury stayed to take all this on when he could have taken the opportunity to go north and be free. I mean, it sounds like he was just an amazing guy who wanted to help people, if you ask me. We also don't know exactly how he was caring for patients. At the time, you were supposed to treat cholera with opium, bloodletting, and calomel. According to the National Center for Biotechnology Information, it was believed that it would help to reduce the blood volume in cholera patients because it would, quote, relieve stress on the heart and lungs, allowing for better function. For the record, getting people high, draining their blood, and then feeding them mercury is not how we do it anymore. But at the time this was happening, it was widely believed that cholera was spread through, quote, poisonous gases produced by rotting vegetables. They didn't know that it was actually spread through contaminated drinking water and that they really just needed to stop letting their outhouse water spread into their streams, rivers, and public drinking wells. They also didn't know that to cure it, you needed to quickly restore body fluids and minerals lost through dehydration. And according to the NCBI, some doctors in the 1830s were starting to realize that their patients just needed to be hydrated, but it took a long time for people to accept that and stop like cutting people open. So while we don't know a whole lot of details about exactly what he did with these people to treat them, what we do know is that he made them comfortable, fed them, and if they passed away, he gave them as proper a burial as he could. And that is a big deal, especially considering he was a slave and he chose to stick around and do this, even for white people, forfeiting his chance at freedom. George Sansbury died in 1845, and when he did, all his slaves were divided among his children, except for Lewis. As for Lewis, quote, The town of Springfield purchased Lewis's freedom based on his act of generosity 12 years earlier. He was able to stay in Springfield, and he set up his own blacksmith shop at Walnut and Main Street. So, 
He was a free man by the time the second cholera outbreak hit in 1854, and he stayed again, and he cared for the sick and dying again. Lewis himself passed away on April 12, 1861, when he was 55 years old. And there's a memorial to cholera victims in Springfield Cemetery, and it does mention Lewis by name. It says, quote, Lewis Sansbury was a black man who cared for and buried the victims in these approximately 106 unmarked graves. Frustratingly, he's also buried in an unmarked grave, just a sign of the times. Uh, he is buried in the nearby Dominican Church of St. Rose Cemetery. And in 2004, Springfield dedicated its first African American Heritage Week to Lewis. So a couple of side notes. First one being, there is no recommendation for people to get cholera vaccines in the United States. There is a cholera vaccine. I think it was developed in the 1880s. We don't need it. Our, we have modern uh, water and sewage treatment systems. It's just a non-issue. The other thing is, if you are going to go do your own research on cholera, I'm just going to warn you of old the all the old, creepy, weird paintings that are out there of cholera patients. And they all have like these awful hollowed out faces and like blue lips. And it's just not really a very comfortable topic to research, but it is very interesting. So uh, researcher beware. And if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, go ahead and follow on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and leaving a review would just be icing on the cake. And if you have anything you want me to cover on the show, send an email to kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com. And if you want to write me a little note telling me about a ghost story that you, like from personal experience that you've had, I would love to read those at the end of the shows or maybe at the beginning. So... Send me your ghost stories and I might read it on the show. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time.